What joke? What joke am I telling? Am I a funny person? No, I just figured that uh, I've got a joke. What do you What do you call a boomerang that doesn't come back? I don't know, Connor. What do you call a boomerang that doesn't come back? A stick. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to ADSP, the podcast, episode 21, recorded on April 3rd, 2021. My name is Connor, and today with my co-host Bryce, we talk about galaxy brain programming languages and different programming paradigms. So, I watched, here's what we're going to talk about. We're going to play another game. Um, This will probably be a shorter episode, but uh, I watched a talk, you might have seen this on Twitter a couple weeks ago, called um, Four Languages from 40 Years Ago. And it was given by Scott Woloshin, who's, uh, I believe I pronounced his name correctly. If I didn't, I apologize. He's um, a prominent uh, speaker, especially in the functional programming community, and is known for um, his work in F-sharp. And he's a fantastic speaker. I'll link to um, The Power of Composition, which is a fantastic talk. He introduces the idea of railroad-oriented programming, where you're basically, you play with functions as, like, Lego blocks, and, you know... Uh, it's, it's fantastic. But anyways, uh, don't look up the, th- if you're looking up the talk, that'll be cheating. Uh, cause we're, <laughs> um, so what the game that we're going to play. And I think that, uh, um, Scott made a big mistake, um, because the best part of his talk is in the beginning. He has this little introduction where he goes through sort of languages of importance from the fifties up until, uh, 1980, I believe. And, he talks about, you know, oh, this language was important for this reason. This language was important for this reason. And every, you know, second or third language he labeled as a galaxy brain language because it was, it contributed, you know, it was the first language to do X or it was important for some reason. And I think he should have called the talk uh, galaxy brain programming languages, which is now I'm going to go give a talk and I'm, I have a blog article that I'm uh, working on. You have and blog? so what we're going to do, of course I do have, have a blog. blog. Of course, I have a blog. I honestly, I made the I made the blog because I wanted to uh, write a blog about how much I enjoyed the CPP cast episode when they brought on uh, Jonathan Turner, um, Jason's cousin, who has worked on like I don't know a bunch of different languages. He's worked on Rust. He's worked on TypeScript. He worked at Microsoft for a while, and he just his story was just so fascinating as like a programming language enthusiast. Um, and I was I was so excited about it. I was like, I need to go start a blog just so I can write a, a review of this episode. Anyways, but here's what we're going to do. There were eight galaxy brain languages that were mentioned in his history from the 1950s until 1980. And he sort of makes some remark, I think, it, like it, by 1980, we basically had discovered all the big ideas that exist in programming languages today. And everything that you see now is just a rearticulation of some idea that we already stumbled across. So there's no, nothing really new that's been invented since since the 1980 mark. And we're going to we're going to play a game and see how many of these languages uh you can guess oh correctly. Oh god. This this is not going to audience <laughs> audience this is not going to go well. I think you're going to do better than better than you think and uh we'll see we'll keep track of how many how many wrong guesses you get. I think you can easily get 6 of these. Uh, six of eight. And then I think you might struggle with the last two. I'm going to be happy if I get one. 
Oh, you'll definitely get it. And that's the thing, is if you saw those tweets, um, the four languages that Scott talks about and focuses on. So he gives a brief history at the beginning and then goes on to focus on four of these languages. Uh, they were four of the Galaxy Brain languages. So what do you want your first guess to be, Bryce? Oh, of Galaxy Brain languages? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Lisp. Lisp is number two. And here's here's the hint that I'll give you, too. These were all introduced in chronological order. So Lisp is number two oh, okay. on, on that list. So you're one for one right now. Um, chronological order. Um, oh, wait. If it's number two, that means there's only one that's older than it. Um, you are a smart cookie. Actually, and I'm... <laughs> I'm totally wrong. So there's actually nine. I just, I realized I put number two twice. Lisp Lisp was originally, Lisp was like 1958. So that means that one of the other two, like the, one of the other two. Okay. So there's only one, you said there's only one that. There's there's only one number before the number two and that's number two. Oh, no, no, no. But are we, wait, are these listed in, in age? They're listening. Yeah. So, so the, the, so that, so that, so so audience, that means that it's almost certainly got to be either COBOL or Fortran. And I got to decide which of those two I want to pick. Now, I personally (laughs) think that that COBOL is a more galaxy brain language because COBOL was the first language that was not developed by a company. It's COBOL was like open source before open source was a thing. We're going to do a whole episode about COBOL. Um, Like I know COBOL is not very modern today, but it was actually pretty, Pretty pretty modern back in the day, um, uh, like in in the the process by which it was developed was fairly novel. Um, yeah. So between Cobol and Fortran, it's got to be one of those two. I'm gonna go with Cobol. I'm gonna go with Cobol. That is incorrect. All right, and then I'm gonna um, use another one of my guesses on Fortran. Hopefully, that one will be correct. Fortran is correct, and yeah. and. So the, there's also a, a little uh, little sort of comment b- behind each of the languages. So uh, Lisp is 1959, according to Scott. Um, I know 1958, it's sort of fuzzy which number gets chosen. Um, Fortran is listed as 1957. The comments next to those languages is that Fortran was the first high-level language and that Lisp was the perfect language um, that's that actually, you should read. That's not why I would pick Fortran. I'm, I'm surprised... I like I, I understand that reasoning, but um, there were a lot of other things that Fortran did that were fairly novel, um, uh, like the the whole idea of like the, uh, the symbolic computation um, of of the programming language for math. There were a number of other ways in which Fortran was um, uh, fairly novel, and I, 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 it's it's interesting to me that that's the one that you'd. Well, I, I guess in a vacuum, yeah, um, that's probably the most important aspect of Fortran was that it was the first of these um, uh, high level languages. Also, too, I thought um, the year associated with COBOL was 1960, so I'm actually surprised you guessed COBOL. Um, I could be wrong about that, but yeah, you know what? I think you're. Well, it, it, it all of it's like a little bit fuzzy. Um, yeah, I think of I think of Lisp as being a little bit later there. But I, I think, think you're I right. Think, I think I think I think Lisp originally originated in like 1958. But um, I, yeah, I think the I, years the, that Scott chooses are the years where there was a the first implementation available. Because I know that yeah. a lot of these languages were being worked on. Um, Cobol was designed before. in like the summer of 1995. It was Cobol 60. The first spec was published 
in wait um, you just said you just said 1995 <laughs> 1959 <laughs> the um the first and like when i say it was designed in the summer of which is another reason why uh, COBOL was um, fairly innovative. Um, and so Lisp, I think, did... I think the original ideas behind Lisp were like 1958, but the, the spec for it, I think, came out after the initial COBOL specs in 1959 and then the final one in 1960. Or not the final one, the, the, the final version of that first one in 1960. Yep. So I, I, hope, I hope all the listeners are playing along. So Bryce is two for three. We've got the first two languages, Fortran in 1957, Lisp in 1959. And that means there are seven languages. Sorry, so I misspoke at the beginning. There were nine Galaxy Brain languages mm-hmm. in total. So what do you want your next guess to be? Yes, I'm gonna have to go with C next. That seems like a pretty a pretty safe one. C is not a galaxy, not a brain, galaxy brain language. Language. Hmm. Hmm. This is fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun for you. <laughs> um, uh, I just imagine too that there's like folks that are either you know they're exercising, they're out on a walk, or they're in their car and they're playing along, being like, "Why won't Bryce guess this one? Come on." How about and say say and what what what's the criterion here? It, it's it's what 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 is necessary for a language to be considered a galaxy brain language? Um, I can only speculate based on the sort of the comments that Scott put next to the galaxy brain um, photos, but um, they're they're the languages that uh, sort of were the first to do something or to introduce new paradigms or new things for the first time. I think Bryce is cheating now. I heard him clicking his mouse. <laughs> it's going to Google. How about how about Prologue? Ooh, and this is gonna get this is this is gonna be so fun. So yes, Prologue. Yeah. You are now uh, three for five. So you're you're batting above fifty. That's sixty percent. See, see, the reason I said C was because it's been a transformative language, but this guy's been thinking about it from a. Um, not from an impact in in like the industry, but from like an impact in the field of programming languages. Yeah. So yeah. So the the comment next to Prologue, and so Prologue is 1972, and it comes in at number six. It comes in at number. Um, and it comes in at number six. Okay, hang on, hang on. I gotta I gotta open up six. Okay, so we got <laughs> we have we have number one, we have Fortran. Number two, we have Lisp. Is that right? Yeah. And then. Number what what did you, what number did you say it was? So number oh. six is prologue, and the years on all three of those respectively is nineteen fifty seven, fifty nine, and seventy two. So we've got three languages in between nineteen fifty nine and and um and how many are there total? There's nine languages total. So you're missing <laughs> number three, four, five, seven, eight, and um, nine. Well, that um, narrows the problem down a good bit. And also, you're capped at nineteen eighty. What? Um, so that, I, this list, no, so, this list, well, I'm, I'm glad I didn't say, I didn't say, uh, JavaScript or Java, which were the next two on my, uh, that I was thinking about. Um, 
given that given that time range, I think I'm gonna, and also given you, I'm gonna have to say APL. <laughs> I think I just have to. I'm insulted that it took you this long to to guess APL. <laughs> and I thank all of the listeners that have been yelling this. <laughs> but it wasn't a talk that you gave. It was a talk that somebody else gave. All right, where does APL go on this uh, list? So. APL, although many many people think it's 1962, the first that was when the uh, A programming language book that won Ken Iverson the Turing Award uh, was published. The first implementation of APL didn't show up until 1966, um, and so the the two comments also Wait, what, and that's so APL is number, num- it's number, number three. three. Okay, we're um, getting somewhere, we're getting somewhere. And the two the two comments next to prologue and APL prologue um, it says introduced a new paradigm logic programming, and APL is uh, jokingly because he did say some nice things about it afterwards the first write only language, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he did he did also uh, comment next to it that it uh, it popularized notation as a tool of thought which is the name of uh, Ken Iverson's Turing Award paper in 1979. Uh, and then he mentioned that Ken also got the Turing Award for inventing the language. All right. All right. So that means you're four for six. Am yeah, I correct? Yeah, I got, I got um, an idea for... Mm, hang on. It's safe to say that Bryce is on some Wikipedia page. I'm check, that... I, I am checking yours. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I guess I'm going to have to say um, Algol, given that C is not on the list. Algol. Algol is not Come a Galaxy Brain language. This guy. This guy. <laughs> so I, I think in your defense, um, C and Algol definitely got mentioned in the brief history of, you know, programming languages. And he did remark that C uh, and Al- Algol were two of the most influential languages. There was actually a language, uh, this is not one of the nine, that he, uh, the remark on the language was the most uh, influential language never implemented, um, <laughs> and I would I have zero I I don't think you would get this. Uh, if you want to guess, you can. Um, I think I had only heard of this once or twice uh, in reading papers. Um, Most, I don't, um, how, how about Pascal? Uh, it was not Pascal. No, 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 no. I'm, so I'm, the asking, language I'm asking was, if Pascal's on the, on the list. Oh, is that one of yeah. your guesses? Uh, no. Uh, so you're now, I think, four for four for eight now. Uh, you're now at fifty. This is a, this next guest is important. The language that I was going to say that was the most influential language that was never implemented is a language called Iswim. I S W I M. I would not have gotten that audience. I would not. And have gotten apparently, that. it's it it introduced like many of the functional programming concepts. Um, but yeah, it was never implemented. All right, so we got five five languages left, two between 1966 and 1972, and three after 1972. I think you should definitely get three of these. Like I said, there's sort of two that I, even I might not guess because one of them is sort of arguable whether it's a programming language. Oh, SQL? <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so I'll start. I'll start giving hints. So you're now uh, sequel Which, uh, is 1974, and that's number eight. That's number eight. Um, wait, 1974, and that's number eight. Hmm. That's interesting. That's interesting indeed. 
Hang on. So the the remark the remark of SQL is that it introduced a new paradigm: relational databases. And you said it caps out at at um, eighty. I'll actually at this point there's only you only have one language above 1974. I'll just tell you the year. It's 1976 is when this. Um, so if the, if there are any that see that puts me in a tough in a tough situation because I have one that I want to guess but I don't think it was I don't think it was create. Uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. I gotta. There's a there's a version of this language. The most well known version of this language is insert the name of the language eighty. The most well known version of this language is hmm. That's interesting. I think I think actually I I might I might be mistaken because I think there's an eighty version. There's an eighty two version. Um, oh, but def- okay. definite, it's, it's definite small talk. That is correct. Yeah, I, that is correct. I, I um, knew there were. I knew that. I knew that there was going to be. Um, uh, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. There was going to be some sort of message passing or concurrency language. Um, so small talk's not not surprising. All right. So well, small small talk is so wait, the, wait, the wait, remark wait, next to uh, small talk. So SQL number is number eight, and small talk is number nine. Okay. Correct. All right. The um the the comments next to Smalltalk are that they in, it introduced the interactive uh, IDE, uh, the virtual machine garbage collection, which, um, I mean Lisp was the first language with GC, but I think Smalltalk was the first language that um really sh- showed the power of the GC. Uh, also, real OO, um, which I'm like that's also a hint is that the comment is real OO because most people would remark that Smalltalk was the first. Um, you know, purely OO language. Uh, but there is another language on this list that some people uh, say was the actual first object-oriented language. See, that, that makes me want to... It makes me want to... <laughs> you're at yeah. 6 for 10 right now, so you're, you're, just, you're still batting above All right, I got I got to guess um, Ada at this point, then. Uh, I thought it was pronounced Ada, but... Um, I uh, it is not, Ada is not on the list, and I also don't think Ada. I thought Ada was created in like the late eighties. Uh, no, um, it's like the, uh, 78, 79. But I thought it could have been seventy six. Uh, well, so that's the you're not using your information correctly because you know that um, there's only three languages left. Two yeah, of them are between sixty six and seventy two. All right, h- how about ML? ML is on the list, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. That, that's the 1973 one, right? Because that's that's around the to- right time for ML. Correct. Yes. All right. So there's there's two other ones between 1966 and 1972. ML for those uh, that don't know is stands for meta language, and the remark next to that one is it introduced a new paradigm of functional programming, which uh, I'll I'll say something once we finish playing All right, this g- game. G- so give me, give me some hints for these other two. So it's uh, funnily enough, ML and um, SQL were the two languages that I thought you might not get. So the two that are remaining, I thought you would have an easier time getting. So the one that I'm, I'm really surprised you haven't guessed one of these. You definitely know the language because it is one of the ancestor languages of C++. In fact, you could argue I guess, that like, C++ is the ancestor languages of C++. No, you <laughs> you could argue that C plus this language equals C++. That's C plus this language. What is so what is what does C++ minus C give you? Yeah, uh, really? 
D? D? No, B, I said B. <laughs> oh, B, B. I was like, D definitely didn't come out until, the, like, the 2000s. Um, B is not correct, really? no. Okay, all right. Um... What did B do? B well, introduced structs? How about Simula? Because isn't that object-oriented? It is Simula! <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> Simula 67 was the first language with classes and inheritance. And was that four or five? That was number four. So that's, uh, was that the one which, you were just talking about? The one that's C, C, C++ plus plus minus the C? Uh, yes, and this is this is also the one that um, a lot of folks argue is actually the first. Oh, oh like a lot of uh, folks say that um, object, the first object-oriented, purely object-oriented language was Smalltalk, and like they're the one that that popularized uh, object-oriented programming. Uh, but then there's some folks that say, well, really, Simula sixty-seven was the first uh, true. I'm just impressed language. that I got Prolog. Um, all right, so so tell me, tell me, g- give me, give me, give me something about this last one. So yeah, this last one is, I believe it was invented by Chuck Moore. Um, don't Google that. I'll Google it for you just to make sure that I've got that correct. And it's known as, yes, Chuck Moore is a computer American computer engineer and programmer best known for inventing this programming language. That, that, and that does not help me. That does not help. It does. Me at all. It doesn't help you, but it's it's widely known as one of the easiest, if not the easiest, programming languages to implement. As like taking a first stab at Im- implementing a language um, to get your your toes wet. Oh well, I mean, I know what. <laughs> um. Wait. Now that wouldn't work for the timeline, though. Oh, and here's here's actually here's a great clue. I'm not sure if this will help at all. Um, it uh, it has five letters in its name, and it actually um, it was supposed to be six letters. So like the word that they chose was six letters, but due to some limitation with like word length on some system, they had to remove one of the letters. It's five letters. In which the name. like it was hmm, it's easy to implement. <laughs> it's between sixty seven. And seventy-two. All right, I'll give one more hint. It's it it's known as the the remark next to it is um, it's the first use of concatenative programming. So it's a if you and if you're not familiar with that, that means it's a a stack based language. Stack based language. That was that's five letters in between sixty-seven and seventy-two. I mean, if you're familiar with stack-based languages, this is the most famous one of all. So, um, like, other stack-based languages that are less well-known are, like, Joy, Factor, um, and they're all basically derivatives of this language. Hang on, um, I, got, so like I, got when a, you talk I got an idea. I don't actually know anything about this language. Is it fourth? It is fourth. Look at that. Yeah. You're nine for 15. <laughs> that's, uh, that's what is that? That's three over five? That's 60%? That's pretty good. Oh, oh boy. I do, not, I do not like your games, Connor. I don't like them at all. <laughs> so, yeah, fourth, uh, fourth dropped the U. Um, I can't remember why they wanted to call it fourth. I think there was, it was like the fourth implementation of something. There's some story behind it. Because, like, that's not a name where it's like, 
obvious that uh, uh, like there's not it's not a name where there's like an obvious character that you could drop, but like nobody still uses fourth, right? That's not true. Um, uh, it's too bad Ben Dean's not here because Ben Dean um, knows stuff about more stuff about this language, and it's it's used on like a lot of. Uh, OS implementation. I'm not sure if they're OS implementations, but like it's super. It's a super good language for like uh, where you have constrained resources and you need a really uh, small memory footprint um, because it's such a simple language to implement. It has like it's very small footprint and actually is very high performant high performance because um, it's such a simple language and it's really it's a really interesting language. Like it basically has a bunch of verb or not verbs but functions that are basically like rot for rotate dup for duplicate rev for reverse and basically you have to build up an expression that does some simple calculation and a lot of them make use of something i've talked about with respect to apl uh, called combinators where you need to sort of manipulate um, the order of the arguments in order to do something because you're always evaluating the thing that's at the top of the stack so it's it's a very very interesting paradigm. I'm too obsessed with APL right now to go and learn it and explore it. But once I once I get over that obsession, um, it's definitely on my list. And and yeah, so the the, the reason that I I think this was this is interesting is that the blog that I'm working on was titled for a long time the Eight Programming Language Families, and it's based on a former blog by Ben Dean called uh, Six Programming Languages Worth Knowing, where he, I am actually don't even have the full list of six. Actually, I can just click on this link and it will, it will bring me to the article. The full list of six languages are Algol, the Algol family. So C and any of its descendants, Forth, Lisp, Haskell, Smalltalk, and Erlang. And then Ben also has a tweet where he mentions a list of seven languages, I believe, and APL is on that list. Um, and so I sort of, I combined those, both Ben's tweet and his blog and then you end up with eight languages, Algol, Forth, Lisp, Haskell, Smalltalk, Erlang, Prolog, and APL. And I thought it was super interesting that like the overlap with the Galaxy Brain languages in Scott's talk is almost 100%. So um, Scott adds Simula 67. Uh, he adds Fortran. Um, he doesn't include Erlang. And then he adds SQL. And then I would argue that like ML versus Haskell, those are just two different languages that are both extremely functional. And the point here being that uh, I watched a, a YouTube video by some you know computer science educator that was saying you know programming languages don't matter. Um, what's what's I have the exact quote here. I have courses on C, C Java, Ruby, PHP, Dart, JavaScript, all these different languages. Teaching these languages. Uh, Teaching these different languages, I'm literally doing the same thing. And if you like listen to that list of languages, C, C++, Python, Java, Ruby, PHP, Dart, JavaScript, they're all from the same category. They're all basically like C or Algol derivatives. You could argue that Ruby um, is a Smalltalk derivative um, because basically Ru Ruby is Smalltalk with just nicer syntax. Um, and, but the, but the point being is that like someone remarking that like, oh, like learning C or C++ or Python or Java, like there's no difference. Well, it's like, well, yeah, that's because they're all in the same category. If you're going to go and learn a new language, don't choose a language 
um, from the same family. Like it's it's the equivalent of if you know French and then you go and learn Spanish. Well, it's it's not super different. Whereas if you you know French and then you go and learn Korean, uh, that's an entirely different language, and it's going to change the way you know you have to think about things. And the point here and the point about the blog is just you know uh, if you're exploring languages, choose languages from different paradigms and different so, families. So um, the list in total was Fortran. 1987, what other languages would you add to this list? I already have a couple. Um, I would probably add Erlang because it was one of the first languages to be designed from the ground up with concurrency and distributed computing in mind. Um, and it was introduced in the, uh, in the 80s. Um, uh, so it, it, it sort of... Um, it, it preceded the multi-core... Um, uh, revolution. Um, I think I would also say both Java and JavaScript um, for somewhat different reasons. Java because it... Well, okay, there were arguably languages before Java that introduced the idea of an abstract machine um, and of run anywhere, but um, I still would argue that Java... Um, uh, introduced it in sort of a novel way. And then JavaScript, because it was the first um, web-centric um, uh, language. Um, it was a language which was, you know, originally designed from the ground up to run, you know, in your browser. Um, although now it runs in many other places. Um, so what about you? What, 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 what languages do you think would be galaxy brain languages from the more modern era? Or ones from the older era that you think should have been on his list but weren't. Yeah, I I agree with Erlang. Um, I disagree with Java because I think everything in Java was in Smalltalk, um, and then uh, Sun just went and threw millions of dollars at Java, and that's why it ultimately won. It wasn't because of technically, um, like it wasn't a technically superior language. It was a marketing thing. And Smalltalk came out of Xerox, which is like famous for not knowing how to market their stuff. Um, <laughs> Apple came along and just like ripped off all. I, I shouldn't say ripped off. The true story is that really they were collaborative and they they shared ideas. And Xerox had so many good ideas. Uh, even if they were good marketers, they wouldn't have been able to sell them all. Um, JavaScript, I would also quasi disagree with. I mean, JavaScript is known as like just Lisp in the browser. It was originally. Um, designed exactly like that, and it was called LiveScript. How about HTML? And, um, I mean, I would argue HTML is not a language, and I don't, I don't want to start that <laughs> war. But um, I, I trapped you. I, I just got, like I, I, all, all to all to all, <laughs> to all of our our listeners who are HTML programmers. It's Connor said that, not me. Um. um I mean, like, I, I, I agree that, like, there's something novel about the browser, but, like, it's just a new sort of, it's a new domain that uh, sort of a quote-unquote lisp. And then I, th I think Sun or, I think the story was that it was Sun, that they were creating LiveScript and it looked too much like lisp. 
And so they said, we want it to look like Java. And so they they rewrote it, kept the sort of Lisp core nature to it, and then uh, made it look more like Java, then rebranded it as JavaScript. Um, so I agree with Erlang. I wouldn't add Java or JavaScript. Um, I think I would actually add Rust. Um, add Rust. I said that base. I think that basically nothing new has been invented um, since the 1980s. Uh, but Rust, you could argue with their um, memory safety, um, is actually novel. It's the first language uh, to have, like, it's the first systems level language that comes with that kind of safety guarantee. And I think so, some so, people but, argue okay, that but, it was actually first implemented. This, this gets back to my issue with Ada not being on this list. Um, uh, like, wh- wh- how is Ada not on this list? A language that that introduced the notion of design by contract um, uh, as a language feature. Um, like, ha- yeah, I'm I'm sh- I'm Sorry, I'm so frankly shocked is, that it's not on the list. I don't know uh, anything about. Uh, is it Ada I, or Ada? I, I, I pronounce it Ada. I do not know. All right. Yeah. Well, well, you say Ada, okay, I'll say Ada, and it, one it, of us will was, be right. It was a um, language that, that, like, I think it was first introduced in, like, 77. Um, it had, uh, well, now it has concurrence. I don't know when concurrency was added to it, but, like, it was the language designed from the ground up um, for use um, by the DoD, um, uh, for like critical DOD systems. And it was sort of built from the ground up to be a language that um, uh, uh, provided very strong guarantees um, uh, uh, regarding determinism, et cetera, where you could, you could um, uh, make your like your preconditions and your postconditions very clear, and more most importantly, where you could formally verify the correctness of a program, um, which is like a big deal. And like, yeah, I'm just I'm I'm shocked that it's not on the list. I'm shocked that it's not on the list. And I, I think definitely um, if Rust also, belongs in the list, Ada or Ada, however you want to pronounce it, belongs in the list. Uh, well, so a couple things I was going to say. One, you could if if you're going to argue that Rust should be on the list. Um, I think there's some folks that know I know more than I do about this that actually say that clean was actually the language that first experimented with that idea. Um, and then Rust borrowed the language from clean. Um, Ada, I don't, yeah, like I said, I don't know enough about. Um, do you know if Ada was invented before Eiffel? Yeah, I, Eiffel, Eiffel, thing, Eiffel program, was another one that I was thinking about. Um, Eiffel, for those of you that don't know, is the language that I associate with uh, contracts and that typically uh, contracts, yeah, for those of you that Ada, uh, are not familiar, it's like preconditions, postconditions, and like making sure that that's... Uh, Ada, defi- Ada, definitely pre- pre- um, Ada definitely um, precedes Eiffel. Yeah. Predates. If that's the case, then yeah, uh, arguably Ada should be on the list. So yeah, Erlang... Like I said, though, I, I wouldn't say for sure Rust. I just, that is quasi-novel. And then uh, potentially I would add a language like Agda or Idris to the list because that's like uh, dependently typed languages that are currently being, it's the equivalent of what Haskell was in the early 90s. They're just sort of academic experimental things right now. But, you know, 20 years from now or, you know, sooner, we could be seeing uh, the experimental work that's being done in those languages impacting uh, languages that are evolving um, or being invented. Um, 
yeah there 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 is another um uh there's there's another type of uh uh programming language that i th- i think is not yet mature enough to um uh to really like qualify but um it's called like angelic programming um or angelic nondeterminism where like um essentially you write like some uh, if I recall the idea correctly, you write some like constraints, um, uh, or you you partially write the program, and then like ML or something figures out the rest of what you wanted. Oh, is it called um, angelic because it's uh, what do they call it? Um, it's like it's holy because you you basically create type holes and then the compiler. Right, I think that's in. right. Yeah, I saw I saw a talk about it at some Facebook programming language conference that I went to a few years ago, um, and and yeah, and so so I, I and I the reason I list that is, is that there's probably some there, there's there's pro- probably some language like that or um, maybe not a language itself but just um, the the whole model behind machine learning um, programming frameworks um, probably deserves to be on that list in some way. Like, 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 yeah. like I really, yeah. I really liked the definition that Sean gave last week of like machine learning is just like, you know, it's just a way to approximate a function. Um, uh, and right, the, right. the whole model of instead of, instead of writing, um, instead of coding logic for something, um, building up, a uh, uh, you know a neural net that's going to um, that you're going to train to do the right thing um, instead of like programming some fancy complex system to do the right thing um, uh, you know I think that's that's sort of a novel a novel idea and and I guess I guess another yeah. another category where again I don't have um, uh, a language a specific language to list and where um, it doesn't really exist sufficiently yet to be listed, but um, uh, quantum compu- like programming paradigms around quantum computing are fairly different than uh, traditional computing. Yeah, the only language I know is Q Sharp, which is comes out of Microsoft um, uh, for quantum computing. But yeah, that's it's in its infancy right now. Um, at least, it, or e- either it's in its infancy, or it's just outside of the stuff that I've yeah. read. Um, Another term for the angelic programming thing, I think the more popular term is non-deterministic programming. In in Connor's book, SQL's a programming language, but HTML is not. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> we'll have to yep. do a full. We'll have to do a That's full episode a- on that. Um, I feel like SQL is something that, like, if I really dove into, I would actually fall in love with as well. Because SQL, to me, the the little that I've been exposed to it, also just basically seems like an algorithm. Like there, <laughs> it's basically just a bunch of joins, group buys, uh, selects. It was highly influenced link uh, in in C sharp three. Uh, or like in all the later versions as well, but C sharp 3.0 got link, which was highly inspired by SQL. Um, there are, there and are a SQL, whole lot of people who have suffered at the hands of SQL out there who are going to send you emails about that. 
yeah okay maybe some people suffer but also too i think the the work behind like the the algebra and the work done behind uh relational databases and sql it's it's phenomenal like in um i think yeah that's one of the things like so the four languages in this talk that i i highly recommend it's one of the best talks i've ever seen um the the four languages from 40 years ago uh the four to uh, languages that uh, scott focuses on are, is sql Prolog, ML, Smalltalk, and he actually has. Oh, here's here's a bonus round of our game. Uh, he has a uh, hidden language which is going to get spoiled. So if you don't want that hidden language to be spoiled uh, for watching the talk, pause and come back to the listen to the last couple minutes of this episode. It was created in 1979, and he argues that it's a programming language, but like it's by all accounts like not a programming language. But we actually, and it's it's the predecessor. Um, to uh, a quote-unquote language that we did a whole episode about earlier in this podcast. So first, see if you can identify what that programming language is this episode that we is, did is was this, about. Is this the Excel episode? Yeah. It is, yes. So what is the predecessor to Excel? I don't I don't know what... Well, well did Lotus precede Excel? Uh, technically, Lotus did, but something even preceded Lotus. And it was the killer app on i believe the apple 2 oh. um which yeah, is I'm what not a lot this. of people oh it's what it's what a lot of folks argue was actually the reason why that uh hardware was successful it wasn't because of the hardware it was because of the software and that program was visicalc mm. um which actually you probably have heard and recognize yeah. the name but i probably also wouldn't have been able to name that off the top um and uh it's yeah it's a it's a fantastic talk um, and yeah, so, so the point here that I was getting to is that SQL, yeah, he, he spends quite a bit of time talking about it and how, um, it has persisted, you know, amongst so many other programming languages, uh, that, that died. And, but like, not only has it persisted, it has absolutely like thrived. Um, like SQL is, it's everywhere. Um, data, like you're, you're not going to, you know, meet a software engineer that hasn't at least heard of a database. I mean, think think about all the different Amazon, Dynamo, Mongo, D, like everything with a DB after it, um, you know, SQL and NoSQL. Like it's, it's of all of the languages, you could make an argument that like SQL has been the most uh, pervasive of all of them, um, quote, you know, quote unquote languages, as obviously some people wouldn't uh, call SQL a language. But um, anyways, we should probably start wrapping up. That's where we'll end it. Thanks for listening. And we hope you have a great day.